there's something beautiful about the emotion we call love. We're on a mission to find out more about how it affects every being. It all starts with perception. What if our perception of the world and its many inhabitants expanded? Every being has a different vantage point. When we truly get to know a soul, we find knowledge. Asking questions with an open mind is how we learn how to relate to one another. When we identify with someone beyond the surface level, we fear less and love more. We're all teachers. Every person on this planet has something impactful to share. This podcast is about expanding our vision and illuminating the threads that bind us together as a community. Simply put, this podcast is about lessons in love that we learn along the way and our journeys to find our true selves. Welcome to Unified Threads. Welcome to episode three of Unified Threads season two. Today we're going to be talking about playfulness. For me, a very important point to feel comfortable enough to play is having a safe central gathering place, a place to meet friends. I think often of the clubhouse and the playground in a trailer park where I once lived. I was homeschooled growing up, so that means that I needed to go somewhere else other than school to be able to find friends. Central gathering points, such as playgrounds, help me meet friends every place we move to. When it comes to playing, there are many different ways we could find our outlet. Today we're going to talk about a central gathering point on Chios Island, Greece, that was able to offer a creative space for adults to express themselves. Chios is one of the islands that received the largest number of refugee arrivals over the last two years. I've seen it from the Turkish side, and it looks so close that it seems like you could maybe swim there. Even though it looks close, it's still 55 miles away. By small boat, especially the rubber dinghies often used by refugees by the lack of choice because of the price, it is a very dangerous trip. Hundreds of thousands of people have been making this journey from Chios to Turkey for thousands of years. Keeping awareness there is vital because the local people on the island will not be able to provide the basic needs for the population increase on their own. They need the support of other communities. I wanted to know more about what was going on and see a little bit for myself, so I visited Chios for the first time in July of 2017. While there, I met a man from the Kurdish area of Iraq named Walat. We were connected from another friend on Facebook before I arrived. When I first communicated with Walat, he told me that at that point he had been there for one year and ten months. He was still waiting for acceptance to be able to live in Greece. He'd been turned down once and told to go back to the Turkish border where his parents are, but there's nothing waiting for him there, and he's doing his best to find a better place for his parents to come and live. He told me that at that point, in the camp he was staying on Kios Island, they had no mattresses in the tents. When I first got to Kios, I was able to find the camp Wallat was staying in. This camp was called Suda, and it was considered an unofficial camp. There's another camp on Kios Island called Vael. It is referred to as the hotspot on Kios and is managed by the Greek government and military. Vael is about a 30-minute drive outside of Kios City. There are buses that come five times a day that have 50 people on them at this point as of October 28, 2017. The buses are right now operating on a token system, which means that only those with appointments can go into the town. But this was before 
everyone was at Vial. Suda was open still at the time that I visited the island. I met a couple who danced with the kids the first night I was there outside of Suda. They also knew a lot, and that helped us connect. Play can help us connect without speaking the same language, without knowing much about each other's background. Playing seems to bring smiles. When you don't know how to help, it seems like it's one way that we can at least enjoy the moment together. This inspired me to seek out who was offering the adults an opportunity to play, along with the kids. I asked Willat, and he took me to the creative center that was started by a group of volunteers. Allie was the lead volunteer at the time of my visit. The first time Allie came to Kiosk Island was in April of 2017. You'll hear in her own words on this episode how the work on Kiosk drew her in. At this time, winter's coming, and there are still tents outside of VL. The Creative Center has closed because, number one, there's no one now really inside of the town to be able to access the services because everyone, again, is in Vial, and also because there have been larger priorities that Keos Eastern Shore Response Team needed to return to, such as the increased number of arrivals on the shore. The good news is that Wallat was finally accepted to live in Greece. He has his paper, and as of October 28, 2017, is living in an apartment waiting to be processed by UNHCR to travel to Athens or Thessaloniki. The organization that Ali helped start, that you're going to hear on this, well, the Creative Center, I should say, may not have lasted longer than the summer of 2017. However, I still feel like it's an amazing example of what people can pull together in solidarity. Kios Eastern Shore Response Team, the organization that Ali first volunteered with, is still volunteering on the shores. Just make sure you check out the description of the episode and you'll find a link to their Facebook page where you can follow all the work that they're doing to help refugees arriving on the Kios shores every single day. Now here's Ali telling us about the Kios Creative Center. How did you get involved with this? Did you start this project? So I, yeah, um, basically what happened was I came in April originally, uh, just as a, what we call short-term volunteer um, for about three weeks. And I found out about it from a friend who I met five or six years ago now, who came out here and spent a long time here. And he was actually part of the whole formation of Surst, um, him and Tula and another couple, they were, they're sort of the backbone to Surst. Um, and then it was through speaking with him uh, that I found out about it because actually the job I had before was working as a producer for the news for Al Jazeera, where we followed the refugee crisis almost every day, mm-hmm. um, if not twice a day, three times a day. Um, so I always was really interested, and when I found out he was here, he was actually a really good contact for me in terms of confirming boat landings and things like that. Um, and it was always in the back of my mind that I wanted to see it for myself. There were so many conflicting stories, people saying, we're solving the crisis, and people saying, you have no clue what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And I always wanted to just come and see it for myself. Mm-hmm. So uh, jump forward to April of 2017. I said, okay, I'm going to come. I'm going to maybe just do three weeks of volunteering. And I arrived and it pulled me in. And um, yeah, first of all, just the work that SIRS does, it's massively valuable to not just the refugees, but all of Kios. Um, we Because we also have projects that serve the locals and... Um, I mean, we, we cook for 600 uh, poor people every day with, with a local priest and things like that. So the, okay, so the refugees are the emphasis, but everyone we try to help. Um, 
and I went home after after April and sort of just couldn't stop thinking about kiosks and um, I spent the month, raised some money and came back at which point we were then faced with a big team um, and full, full, full camps. I mean, VL was overflowing, Suda was completely overflowing. If you'd been here in June, the beach at Suda camp was just completely full. Mm. And so the time sort of came up for the potential of having another project that Search could do. Mm-hmm. And I had always suggested an idea for doing an art space or an, a, for me the focus was always music because my own background is music but I I had envisioned a space of music, art, dancing um, and it just wasn't quite the right time also just with finding the right space um, other organizations were also hiring out different spaces and there tends to be quite a lot of overlap so a lot of places are offering English classes for example mm-hmm. um, so we just didn't we weren't quite sure about did we really need another center? Um, and to cut a very long story short, there was the right time that came and this space came, which we found, um, which is ideally located right in the middle of town. Mm-hmm. Up until last week, Agora, which is run by the Norwegian Refugee Council, was right next door. So that was a center that people already knew about. Mm-hmm. So to open one next door, it made the explaining really easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, we opened, uh, this is now our third week of operating, and so far so good, I'm hearing some good feedback. Yeah. Um, we're still ironing out some kinks as we go, but we try to be flexible. The main thing is that this is not a space for volunteers to come and teach, it's not for them to come and you know, bring these Western skills. That's not what it's about. It's actually a space for learning from each other mm-hmm. and a space for encouragement and a space where you can put an empty water bottle and a pair of scissors and create something together mm-hmm. rather than white people telling brown people what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very much a, a priority that it's more encouragement. It's more... Um, I don't want to go as far as, say, empowerment, per se. I mm-hmm. don't really like that word. Mm-hmm. But it's more about this engagement. And mm-hmm. for me, the, the whole backbone to the whole center was that, A, there's so much talent that is not being put to use in Suda camp, mm-hmm. And I'm sure for VL camp as well, we just don't have access to VL mm-hmm. uh, with the military restrictions. But for Suda, there's so much talent, and it's such... For me, it's such a shame to see it not be put to use. And you know, you've got you've got so many people who can, I mean, really sing and play and dance, and they just don't use it. They don't have a space to use it. Mm-hmm. And uh, you kind of, and, and it's a, it's a therapy to be able to use those skills as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think more than anything, you've got a wealth of culture right in front of you and to not try and learn a little bit about it mm-hmm. is a total waste of time I think mm-hmm. and that's what this space is for mm-hmm. primarily yeah like this gentleman who brought the flute yeah that's made from a steel pipe from a chair yeah <laughs> so he came in about a week and a half ago let's say 10 days 
and he's looking at this you know this these when you have the broom oh, the and broom duster here, oh, yeah. and he was looking at like asking you know do we have a spare metal rod that we could use that we could puncture holes in to make a flute and here he is he's found his own <laughs> it's just incredible yeah it's yeah, great it's incredible offering medical massage I saw the sign for that yes um, we have two guys one is from Palestine uh, he does the medical massage mm. and the other is from Iran and he does more of the relaxation massage and he does cupping and hot stones as well oh, okay. and you know it's a sense of pride they both walked in holding their massage diplomas saying you know please can I offer this and I mean it's not even a question of course you can it's just mm. a question of finding the time and the schedule to do it mm-hmm. um, and what's been so great is that people have really come out of their shells just in, in the two weeks. I've seen confidence build. I've seen people feel maybe not part of something again, but definitely for themselves, they're recognizing that they're, they haven't forgotten something that they are either trained in, skilled at, or just enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And when it comes to like how you guys were able to open this, do you have donations coming in? How is that working? Um, so Surst operates entirely on uh, donations, and all the donations we have go 100% into the various projects. Um, the money I raised, I, I, I donated it a certain amount to it to the overall operation of SERS that includes the warehouse things like the language center um, we do a daily tea distribution in the camp and things like that mm-hmm. but because of how much I raised I also said well the center wouldn't be a problem I can cover the costs mm-hmm. um, and then that yeah that's how it happened but it's all donation based okay awesome and as far as a center like this you know this project is not just about Refugees. It's also about anywhere you are in the world, how important community is. Yeah. And I think centers like these, you know, wouldn't they don't just have to be in areas where there's refugee camps. That's especially important because they yeah. are, definitely don't have access to things like this otherwise. Yeah. But if somebody wanted to do a space like this in their own neighborhood, for example, to bring yeah. people together, do you have any advice for them or any recommendations? Something you've learned? Do it more. Yeah. Just do it more. It's so easy. Mm-hmm. It's a question of money obviously like everything mm-hmm. but it's really easy and one of the you know everything aside we have the sewing project that runs alongside it in the center and that is so amazing um, that was run by a woman called Lorna who's done an incredible job with it and it's it's as simple as having two sewing machines mm. and letting people use it and I mean, right now it's being used mostly for alterations. Um, they're turning their jeans into shorts because it's so hot and, and things like that. But it's, if you have just the most basic idea, it can go such a long way. Mm-hmm. And you're never going to make everybody happy. Mm-hmm. And it's the same with this center. Talking about community, we're operating in a community where, rightly so, the locals are pissed off given the situation. I mm-hmm. totally understand. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's that goes back to the big political system, right? That's, mm-hmm. that's the people in suits that sit thousands of miles away who have no concept of what's really going on who make the decisions. Mm-hmm. And that's where the locals 
are getting angry, they're getting frustrated, they're getting bored of the situation of these mm -hmm. people who are, are have literally nowhere to go, mm -hmm. but there's no there's no solution or no end in sight. Mm -hmm. And we get we do get complaints from them, we do get friction from them. Mm -hmm. But what I keep trying to say is that it's also for them. If they want to come, they can, by mm -hmm. all means, walk mm -hmm. into the center. Mm -hmm. And, and I mean, there's no restriction to it, mm -hmm. but it's that's then just the interest, and that's from an individual to individual mm -hmm. basis, that if you don't care, then you can't make someone care. Mm -hmm. But you're cooking but, for 600 locals, you said, mostly. Um, yeah, but... But that's something that I haven't heard from many other places. When I was on yeah. Lesbos, there was a project that was giving sandwiches and stuff to locals yeah. as well. But I think that's really unique that you guys are doing that. And I hope more groups also consider yeah. that because I also speak a lot to the locals when I come, uh, especially places I stay, people I rent cars from, whatever. And they feel like many times volunteers or NGOs will come in, they completely disrespect the locals. They only care about the yeah. refugees. And that's, and that's not right. Yeah. And that's not how you get anything done. Mm -hmm. And I mean, one of the I mean I was when I came in April I was here for Easter and Easter is a huge holiday in Greece mm -hmm. um, and we went round to the the, the local um, what are they called uh, uh, nursing homes mm -hmm. for the elderly um, and we, we just distributed this uh, local kiosk sweet bread mm -hmm. and brought them some milk and tea and you know it's 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 small things like that but mm -hmm. I think if you're gonna talk about the process now of integration which is the next step that this whole crisis is entering mm -hmm. it's all about local and refugee integration mm -hmm. and that only happens one by one mm -hmm. and that's when a center small as it is I think is vital because we've had some locals come in and it's they bring their friends and then they say hey you know I met these guys they're really cool where are mm -hmm. they from oh they're from Iraq mm -hmm. what oh okay but let's let's go hang out let's go play guitar together or mm -hmm. let's dance together or I mean this has also been the basis and they've gone to play beach volleyball just down the road you mm -hmm. know it's, but it's it's a very very slow process mm -hmm. which is why the whole struggle of keeping the funds going is so difficult because people stop donating after so long and it's mm -hmm. normally right at the point when you really feel like you're getting somewhere which is mm -hmm. unfortunate but there's this great news on the island of oh Oh, there's an island. Viros? Samos? No. Something with a T. Timo? T. I've seen that on the map. Yeah, is there a Timo? I think I've Very seen Timo. Very small. Yeah, I think I've seen it on the map. And every single refugee that's arrived in Timo has a job and is integrating with the local community. Wow. I mean, obviously, it's not one of the ones where they've seen a huge flux because no, I haven't heard. Not a huge flux. Okay. They've got maybe got they've got less than a hundred refugees. But okay. Let's if if that's yeah. how it's done, then. Mm -hmm. But it, again, like any relationship, even a romantic one, you need to meet each other halfway. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's that's all it is, and that for me is the focus of this center. It's this fifty-fifty. Mm -hmm. No one is better than anyone else, mm -hmm. and no one is greater than anyone else. Mm -hmm. Everyone's the same skin color here. Everyone's, you know, and especially in the cultures where, you know, genders are a bit different and money is a bit different and mm -hmm. you know, religion is causing tension and X, Y, Z, all of the issues combined, they're left at the door at this center. Mm -hmm. And I think as long as that is sort of made clear from the very beginning, it doesn't matter what community you're in, that can happen in the States, that can happen in 
Europe it can happen in, in like the most depleted town in the middle of Asia somewhere I mean it doesn't really matter as long as it's a place that nurtures relationships rather than divides so we have uh, a lot <laughs> we have <laughs> daily we have arts and crafts painting and drawing and the sewing the sewing runs all day long okay um, in the evenings uh, because we are restricted to from making noise between 3 and 5.30. Mm -hmm. It's just a local law. Um, mm -hmm. After 5.30 is when we do music and dance. In the dance, we have hip-hop and breakdancing teachers. We have weekly African dance sessions. Um, and then we always try to have an open dance session, and that can be someone can come in and plug in their phone and play whatever music they want to listen to. Mm -hmm. We have the same with music. We, have, we offer guitar lessons, um, quite a few, because it's quite popular, lots mm -hmm. of demand for it. Um, and then we also have just open music sessions for people who do already play local jam sessions and stuff. It's a practice space. There's a local studio here, so they can come here and practice and then go to the studio and record it. Mm -hmm. um, we offer keyboard lessons as well. Um, and then we've got the massage that we mentioned before. Uh, we have a women's afternoon that's happening today because it's Wednesday. Um, and they come f and they bring nail polish and makeup and they just have a chance to... Yeah. yeah, relax and, and do whatever they want. We've got one guy who comes in, he's a hairdresser, so you can get your hair cut and blow-dried. Um, and then we have a, a, a sort of a resident tailor that's come out of his shell. Um, and we have things um, things like Muay Thai, uh, for example, a guy he teaches and he hires out of space because we have couple hours in the day that are technically closed but they're, they're they're open for private bookings and those private bookings can be more time they can be private breakdown sessions when the breakdance teacher just wants to practice mm -hmm. um, or hiring out a guitar hiring out a drum or things like that so whatever yeah. it is they can use their space yeah amazing thinking about doing some sort of like a shared space it's not always as hard as you might think mm -hmm. just pull together some stuff maybe you can do you know a little post on Facebook or something, yeah. say you have extra musical instruments, art, yeah. whatever, and yeah. just bring people together. And, yeah. like, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the, the, the thing I love is that uh, of the teaching stuff, we have two volunteers who teach guitar, a boy and a girl, and the girl does lessons just for women, um, and the boy, uh, because he, well, he's just fantastic at guitar, but everything else... Oh, we also have painting and drawing lessons as well. Everything else is taught by a refugee. Wow. They are the teacher. Mm -hmm. And they bring people they know. Mm -hmm. And they, they take full ownership of it. And they say, I've got my list of people, well, you know, quote-unquote students who want to come today. And they bring it. And mm -hmm. they say, can, can we do it this time? Yeah, of course. Just let me know. We'll put it on the schedule. Really easy. Cool. And what's great is that, well, what I hope is that this place can then run itself mm -hmm. with maybe only two volunteers needed on hand. So it's not even that big of an operation for Searched itself. As long as we cover the rent, mm -hmm. you just really need two volunteers to sort of keep it clean, keep the things stocked. And mm -hmm. Yeah, which could also be people that we say refugee I don't necessarily like the word refugee no. but I mean they're fully capable of doing this too this is something I've thought about in the camps you know why don't refugees become employed to help with things like the waste management and things why does it always have to be outside people coming in because if someone's 
able to learn that's a job they could be paid for so I don't know but that's a yeah. that's a restriction of them people don't want to give them jobs yeah yeah. So. and not many people know this and especially not the refugees and well the whole the whole problem is a huge lack of information anyways mm-hmm. but they are entitled to work from the moment they are registered to seek asylum really? yeah I've never they are allowed to work so even if their cartilla has a red stamp that says they have not been granted asylum, they are mm. allowed to work. Really? Yeah. So that means, for example, Lesbos is my have gotten involved the most. So if they were registered in Moria, they have the paper. They could immediately at that point yeah, work. work. Wow. Okay. And I'd, no one knows that. Well, then we have to share it. I mean, that's what it all seems to be is like... If we can start sharing this information more and more, maybe it can actually get to the people. Because I know the locals also have some misinformation, too, as well as the people in the camps. So building those bridges back and forth seems really important. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's another huge thing. It's... I mean, you you spend a week week in the life, let's say, um, and they are just something different every single day. I don't know mm-hmm. how how they're supposed to figure anything out. Mm-hmm. And then with a language barrier. Mm-hmm. And then with a cultural barrier. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. It's, yeah, it's mind-boggling. And how there's just not... And that, that goes back to the, the big organizations not really knowing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. How is one person running the entire UNHCR operation on this island? I don't understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not... Well... It's obviously not working. <laughs> I keep hearing from the refugees over and over again, UNHCR bad. I'm not saying that that is the entire system. I'm just saying that the perception yeah. on this island is that yeah. they're not helping. And so. all credit to them. They've got, they've got the whole world is blowing up and mm-hmm. stretched so thin. But then don't restrict the other things that are going on if there's other people on hand to help. I mean, mm-hmm. the UN response time for kiosk is Three weeks. Three weeks. For any issue that comes up. Hmm. Even like a large riot or something like yeah, that. Yeah, some, no, it's, it's something as simple as um, my tent got stolen. Oh, even like that? Yeah. Three weeks? Three weeks. Oh my gosh. Yeah, or like a broken leg. Until Vial has no doctor. No doctor? No doctor. The Red Cross is here with no doctor. Wow. It's it's small things. It's yeah. very very small things. Mm-hmm. And thank God we we found a, a local dentist here who's happy to treat um, treat them, treat refugees. But once a week from twelve to two. Where this is um, <laughs> on the road that bring the back road into town. Okay. Um, do you know where the police station is? No, but I saw some kids that definitely could use a dentist. So maybe I can give the information. Yeah, there because yeah, I don't I've know got it for you. I, okay. I can find it. Alright, cool. Sounds good. Well, I mean, one at a time, like you said, just one at a time. <laughs> so we have to keep going. Okay. So that's all it is. Yeah. Just enjoy it. I think you know. Mm-hmm. I think the someone will ultimately. Yeah, I'm talking about fifth, being fifty-fifty and being halfway. But mm-hmm. one of you has to be the stronger, and I mean that in terms of your support the support that you can offer Mm -hmm. you need to be self-sufficient you need to be strong Mm -hmm. 
so that you're the one that makes them whatever it is smile makes them feel happy sorry um makes them because their situation they may be happy for one hour or two hours however long they want to spend in the center but they still have to go back to camp at the end of the day um and you you do need to be this support system and we all have our own battles to fight we fully appreciate that mm-hmm. um, but it's also very important to maybe hit the reset button for yourself and just remember that your problems aren't as bad as what they have and if you can muster the strength even for those two hours just for you to say I'm really good I'm fine we're just you know Let's make a painting together. Let's, mm-hmm. I don't know, let's learn a dance move. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let's watch a YouTube video and copy whatever they do. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's something like that, you mm-hmm. know? And, but what's nice is that I think it's that sort of thing of someone starts laughing, it's contagious, and, someone, and then you have this laughing chain that happens. Mm-hmm. And you end up feeling just as good. Mm-hmm. And even though you have to be the catalyst for that positive feeling... Uh, I think it's it's a win-win situation. It's mutually beneficial, and you both end up happy, and you've done something together. Mm-hmm. And if someone can see that, they'll go, "I want to do that." Hopefully, mm-hmm. you hope, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, not, no, I, I, I still have this hope that not everyone is a Grinch. <laughs> so. Yeah, you can see that. And when you come in, there's so many volunteers that are showing up every day, you know, just to spend some time with the kids and everyone, not just the kids, you know, it's, but the kids especially seem yeah. to flock. You know, you walk in, it's like, wow, they're running. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 so much love to give. Yeah, yeah. so much love to give. Yeah. And then it makes you feel so much happier, you yeah. know, even though it's like kind of like depressing situation and you want to be like how the hell am I going to be able to offer any help here just being present somehow seems to be huge yeah it's huge yeah but going back to your question about doing it quote unquote back home Mm -hmm. um, I think one of the main issues is that uh, in corporate world in designer world in money world you're so removed from real life that, I don't know, I, I, it's, it's, it's a common thing that we speak about as volunteers, that we're tired at the end of the day, but a good tired because we've, we've worked, we've used our bodies, we've, you know, we've reminded ourselves of just basic things. Mm-hmm. And I think a center like this in that world, it wouldn't even be, it might even be laughed at because why don't we just go to a fancy restaurant and feel better about ourselves? Or why don't we just go shopping and buy something nice? And it, it doesn't feel like... It almost feels as if it might be considered childish. Like, oh, why are you just doing a center where people can draw all day? Mm-hmm. And it's like, because of the importance of it. Mm-hmm. But that is so forgotten because it's so removed. It's mm-hmm. so... Like, oh, my... my you know, when when is... I can't even think of an example and I'm not expressing this properly but what I'm trying to say is that I think it would struggle to maybe gain popular support a project like this back home Mm -hmm. because of how basic it is Mm -hmm. but I think basic things are so 
lacking at the moment. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, one in four people in the Western world they say suffer from some sort of mental condition yeah. at this point. So yeah. it's obviously not working for no. people to go to fancy restaurants and things like this in order to feel like they have a sense of purpose. Yeah. But I mean, this importance of, oh, let me put everything on Instagram and how, how fantastic my life is, and you're actually crying, or you've taken 700 pictures to get the right one. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's this weird everything for show. Mm-hmm. And what I love about this space is that it's not for show. Mm-hmm. And if you have a chance to look at the artwork a bit more closely, you'll see little messages in the, in the paintings and the things that hang up like people really have something to say mm-hmm. but again with all the constraints mm-hmm. they can't so this is how they express themselves and I just I can't help but wonder that if um, I don't know there had been maybe more centres that were based on this sort of idea in England maybe they wouldn't be leaving Europe right now <laughs> so it's, this, it's a lack of understanding and it's a lack of willingness to understand mm-hmm. someone that's not like you Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hit the nail on the head. Thank you so much for sharing. <laughs> You're welcome. It's amazing to meet you, and thank you to everyone here at Search that's doing this great work. So. Yeah, thank you. No, come with the team. Yeah, sure. definitely, definitely. Let me turn this off. We teach our children one thing only, as we were taught, to wake up. We teach our children to look alive there, to join by words and activities, the life of human culture on the planet's crest. As adults, we are almost all adept at waking up. We have so mastered the transition, we have forgotten we ever learned it. Yet it is a transition we make a hundred times a day, as, like so many willless dolphins, we plunge and surface, lapse and emerge. We live half our waking lives and all of our sleeping lives in some private, useless, and insensible waters we never mention or recall. Useless, I say. Valueless, I might add. Until someone hauls the wealth up to the surface and into the wide-awake city in a form that people can use. It's an excerpt from chapter Total Eclipse, page 13 out of the book, The Annie Dillard Reader. talk about play. Play. Definition via Merriam-Webster. A. Swordplay. Archaic is a game sport. The conduct, course, or action of a game. A particular act or maneuver in a game, such as 1. The action during an attempt to advance the ball in football, or 2. The action in which a player is put out in baseball. The action in which cards are played after bidding in a card game. The moving of a piece in a board game, such as chess. One's turn in a game. It's your play. Obsolete. Sexual intercourse. Amorous flirtation. Recreational activity. 
especially the spontaneous activity of children, absence of serious or harmful intent, jest, set it in play, the act or an instance of playing on words or speech sounds, an act, way, or manner of proceeding, maneuver, that was a play to get your fingerprints, the state of being active, operative, or relevant. Other motives surely can come into play. Several issues are at play. Brisk, fitful, or light movement. The gym presented a dazzling play of colors. Free or unimpeded motion, as, a, of, as of a part of a machine. Again, that word was unimpeded. Unimpeded motion. Also, the length or measure of such motion. Scope or opportunity for action function of an electronic device that causes a recording to play. Emphasis or publicity, especially in the news media. A move or series of moves calculated to arouse friendly feelings. Usually used with make. Made a big play for the girl. The stage representation of an action or story. A dramatic composition. In play. In condition or position to be legitimately played. Out of play, not in play. Again, that was from Miriam Webster, dictionary.com. Playing with patterns. One outlet for me sometimes for play is art. Sitting by the river especially, like I did this morning. My friend has these new watercolor brush pen like things it's amazing there are tubes where water goes inside and you put this little brush on and somehow it doesn't back feed into the water at all you can just keep using these colors off of the tray with the watercolor brush it dawned on me while we were watercoloring today that mud is a watercolor the largest construct a concept that confines is the idea of work hard, play hard. Is it not all somehow one? Roots raining down, grounding feet into earth. The giver of life, bearer of all qualities. Beneath our crust, the source is energy at play. Thanks for listening to Unified Threads today, you guys. Appreciate you coming down this rambling trail. Big thanks to Anna Galmoka and Taylor Greenshields. Honey Monsoon. Bring in the beautiful jams tonight. And of course, Corey Coates, our awesome producer. And Ali of Kios Eastern Shore Response Team of Kios Island, Greece. If you're interested in learning more about them, check out the link in the description of this episode. Thanks for listening, and I'll leave you with this. Perfect. <laughs>
looked alright. Thank you. I learned that too. Oh, did you learn it? Okay. Did you? Do you know Namaste? Suits. What? Are you He's talking Namaste. Apparently, babies know more than we do. No, I know it. What? Means, I know like I mean, grammar. It means it means but they your know light all and about the planets your and like light shines in your light. That what it means. What does it mean? It means your light and your own light. It means that. How do you say it? Namaste. Is that a phone? It's a recorder. Namaste. Wait.